Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome to the most unpredictable three hours in conservative talk radio. The phone number, if you'd like to be on the program, 877-973-7425. Glad to have you with me today. I want to begin going back to a topic from yesterday because I, I, it's one of those things we had a lot going on for a slow news week. There's been a lot happening, and I didn't get to spend as much time with it. I had to write a piece for World Magazine on it and want to spend a little more time with you on this. As you are probably aware, or you should be aware, a federal judge in New Orleans has issued an injunction against the federal government telling the feds you can't talk to technology companies about free speech issues. Now, uh, the feds are overplaying their response here. They're screaming and crying about it. What's more telling is how a lot of people on the left and in the media are also screaming about it and mischaracterizing the entirety of the situation. That right there tells me a lot about the disingenuousness of the outrage from the left. Uh, so what actually happened is the guy's name is uh, Terry Dowdy. He is a U.S. district judge, Trump-appointed judge, the media wants you to know, from Louisiana. Eric Schmidt, who is now the senator from Missouri, was Missouri's attorney general. Uh, Jeff Landry, who's running for governor in Louisiana, is the attorney general right now in Louisiana. They filed the case. And they argued that the federal government was using social media companies to do what the feds could not, which is censor people, essentially using social media companies as a proxy for the government to censor views they disagree with. When Elon Musk took over Twitter and ran it into the ground, he released a lot of files showing exactly that, that uh, individuals from the federal government reached out to social media companies uh, to put pressure on social media companies about censoring or managing people they disagreed with. It was not just the Biden administration. You should know, in, in all honesty and intellectual candor, it was the Trump administration and the Obama administration, but the Biden administration did it more aggressively. The Trump administration really didn't want to censor people. Well, the bureaucrats did. The, the White House did not. Uh, the Biden administration, however, just with gusto, has decided to shut down voices it disagreed with. Judge Dowdy, in his injunction, wrote, uh, this is a direct quote from the opinion, the evidence produced thus far depicts an almost dystopian scenario. During the COVID-19 pandemic, a period perhaps best characterized by widespread doubt and uncertainty, the United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to an Orwellian ministry of truth. Jeff Landry in his statement about the decision, said this, the evidence in our case is shocking and offensive, with senior federal officials deciding that they could dictate what Americans can and cannot say on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and other platforms about COVID-19, elections, criticism of the government, and more. In fact, it was a total approach by the federal government, from the Department of Homeland Security to the CDC and, and all points in between, going to social media outlets, flagging accounts they thought were problematic and statements they thought were problematic, and trying to get private companies to shut up those who said things that the government disagreed with. Now, I, I want to break this down because there are a lot of things you got to appreciate about this. First of all, it really does appear the federal government was doing this from the White House to cabinet agency, cabinet departments to agencies of the federal government. And it was about elections and people who claimed the election were stolen. It was about criticisms of what the government was doing. A lot of it was about COVID-19 and the vaccine related to COVID-19. You also need to know 
what I find very interesting here is that uh, this is we've got the documents. And the press corps, the national press and the left are on the side of government censorship. Uh, we, we've reached a point, uh, and a lot of people have commented on it, this isn't a new idea of the illiberal left. Not too long ago, a decade ago, if the federal government were going to private companies and getting them to censor others, the left would have been outraged about it. But because they're targeting the right, the left is okay with it. The press, being a part of the left, is okay with it. What you've got to understand is the backstory here that, that's more important really than, than anything else is that the right has become at parity with the left on social media. You are as likely to, if not more likely, to find massive social media accounts on the right than the left. The left routinely complains about, for example, Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire being the dominant news source on Facebook. They do not like that Fox News has the ratings it does. They really hate that conservatives are on, for example, Twitter. So there are these Twitter competitors that have come up. Last night, Threads became the latest from Meta, from Facebook. There's another one called Blue Sky. Blue Sky, Jack Dorsey was the founder of Twitter. He's now moved on to this company called Blue Sky. It's an invite-only website for now. And in fact, today they've suspended new invites. What's notable is that the other day I got an invite. I got onto Blue Sky. I put up cooking pictures and rather innocuous tweets about life, nothing to do with politics. And the left-wing trolls were beside themselves that I would be on Blue Sky to this day. I've been on there for less than a week. And my mentions are filled with invective and hate from left-wing trolls for the mere audacity of being in their safe space. They fled Twitter. They did not like that the right was at parity with the left. And when Elon Musk took over and started unbanning the people that Twitter had censored for daring to point out men are actually men. Seriously, on, you remember the movie Juno, the, the, the pro-life movie Juno about the girl who refused to get the abortion? The actress's name is Ellen Page. Ellen Page was in that movie. But if you Google now, you won't find that Ellen Page was in the movie. You find a man named Elliot was in the movie. Elliot is Ellen Page. She is an insane person with mental health issues. She clearly has had mental problems for some time. I mean, she's just an unhinged left-wing progressive nut on social media and deeply angry person. She's decided she's now a man, and you're not allowed to call Ellen Page Ellen Page anymore. And if you call Ellen Page Ellen Page on Twitter up until Elon Musk bought it, your account would be turned off for daring to say the truth. And so the left is cheering on the government and corporations for censoring people on the right who are telling the truth. It is the illiberal left. And they will tell you that private corporations aren't bound by the First Amendment. Well, there's a problem, and this is what the judge points out in this case. If you, a private corporation, do the bidding of the federal government, well, you're bound by the rules of the federal government. So if Twitter is turning off people's accounts or deleting their tweets or forcing people to delete their tweets, and they're doing it on behalf of the federal government, Twitter is bound by the First Amendment. It doesn't matter if it's Twitter's terms and service. If Twitter is being used as an agent of the federal government to censor, well, Twitter's got to play by the First Amendment rules. That's essentially what the judge is saying here. And this is what has the left upset. Now, there's something else you got to understand. There are bad actors on social media. For the last year, I have regularly encountered people who call this program, and they have amongst themselves a list 
of over 700 athletes around the world who dropped dead after getting the COVID vaccine. And I have seen people circulate this list on social media. This is one of the things the federal government targeted was this list. And here's a reason why those 700 people who athletes who dropped dead unexpectedly, it's not true. In fact, my, one of my favorite examples on this list, I've actually been one of the people who helped debunk this list. This isn't to say there aren't people who died after taking the COVID vaccine. And there are lots of evidences of myocarditis and others. But this particular list that's being used as the example, one of the people who dropped dead of COVID who's on this list is a marathon runner. He actually didn't drop dead from COVID. He fell off a cliff during a race and died. And I'm not making that up. That's actually one of the people on the list. One of the people is a soccer player who in the middle of a match dropped dead. The soccer player was actually a COVID vaccine skeptic and did not get the vaccine and probably would be laughing himself silly if he knew he was on a list of people who died after taking the COVID vaccine when he didn't. And it goes on and on and on and on. That There are lots of people on this list who just fell over dead for various reasons, many of whom never even had the vaccine, and yet it was circulated online. There are bad actors who took advantage of social media to lie to you and scare you about COVID and lie to you about the COVID vaccine. One of those groups that lied to you about the COVID vaccine is called the feds. They didn't censor themselves. The federal government told you, MSNBC amplified it, as did CNN, that if you got the COVID vaccine, you would not get COVID. My wife didn't get COVID until after she got the COVID vaccine. Now, my wife has stage four lung cancer, and we thank the COVID vaccine for giving her a very de minimis case of COVID. She actually had a worse reaction to the vaccine than she had to COVID, and we do attribute that to her getting the vaccine. I have gotten the vaccine and have never had COVID. I think I'm the last person I know of who hasn't had COVID. But it wasn't just the people who were COVID skeptics and COVID vaccine skeptics who were saying things that weren't true online. The federal government did as well and lacked the humility, Dr. Fauci, to acknowledge when they got it wrong. One of the other notable things here, though, is that in the left and the press, they can't have a reasonable conversation about what this judge in New Orleans has done. Uh, the judge ruled that the federal government can no longer engage in conversations with social media companies that would uh, hinge around restricting people's free speech online. You got that? It's about free speech. According to the judge, the federal government cannot engage social media companies to censor people when it comes to free speech. And what the media has done is right out and say, what about the child pornographers? Oh my gosh, what about the people who sell and trade child porn on Twitter? We're gonna allow child porn, no, 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 no. Child pornography is not part of the First Amendment. Child pornography has nothing to do with the First Amendment. Therefore, the federal government can still engage social media companies on this, but you will be unsurprised to learn the federal government trying to play up the horrors, quel horror, the horror of this decision. The federal government is saying, we can't talk to Twitter about getting rid of child porn. That's absolute nonsense. Have you not read the decision, you damn liars? Y'all are lying right now about this situation. The case is very clear. It only applies to free speech, and child porn is not related to free speech. This is one of the, the largest frustrating issues that I have in America today is how censorious the left has become because they can no longer win the debate outright. When they were relying on CBS, NBC, ABC, and PBS, and then CNN, they typically, they set the tone of the debate. They set the narrative. And now on social media, particularly on Twitter, they can't. 
Someone will helpfully append community notes to their lies and expose the truth. And so now they want to destroy Twitter. They want to destroy Elon Musk. I'm okay with that because that's a garbage platform anyway. But they want to use private corporations to censor people. There was a time in this country we understood that the way to fight misinformation and disinformation was to state the truth plainly and frequently. But the left now doesn't want to do that. They want to shut up anybody who disagrees with them. They want to censor. They will use private corporations to do it. And in fact, private corporations run by the left are very willing to silence dissent. And all it actually does is it amplifies the dissidents, whether they should be or not. The way you fight this is to give more truth and do a better job of delivering the truth. And also be truthful to begin with so people trust you. The judge is right. The federal government tried to use social media companies to censor views the federal government disagreed with, but the federal government itself often says things that are not true and wants no accountability. The best way to fix the problem is not to censor people. It's to be truthful and honest and admit when you're wrong and show some humility, but God forbid the left or the Democrats do that. Want to be on the show? Hello? Hello? I love your show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. You can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. Yes, you can. It is Eric Erickson here. I will get to your phone calls here in just a minute. This, however, is too short a segment to do justice to your calls. But before I go into ads, I just want you to know, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but it's the hottest it's ever been on the planet, according to the media. Y'all, I'm having a hard time caring about this stuff. I, I, I just, it, it doesn't seem relevant to me. I accept as fact that the world is warming. I do. I also think that it has a lot to do with natural factors. It's not all man-made. I'm willing to accept the climate changes because the climate has always changed. But the hysteria from the people on the left, and it is overwhelmingly activists from the left, uh, makes me really not care about the issue. And if anything, uh, makes me want to go burn some coal and fire up an SUV and just leave it running all day. These people are unhinged. Their, their solution is the destruction of the planet. They want to decline. You know what they're calling it now? I, I kid you not. I read it today. Instead of decline, they want degrowth. That's it. They want degrowth. They want to eliminate our way of life. They want to eliminate the power grid reliability. They want to eliminate our food choices. Uh, they want to make us all miserable because they themselves live a miserable existence. I do not care. We will adapt. We are human beings. It is amazing these people buy into evolution and yet don't believe that we can adapt. Oh, well, it's going to take us too long. We'll be wiped out. Evolution's a slow process. We're allowed to adapt. The hysteria over heat waves when you got a box fan that can help. The poor in this country have access to cool air. And it's notable that the environmentalists who want us all to degrow or decline are the ones who don't want us to upgrade the power grid 
with baseload power that can sustain the demand, so people got to die. The environmentalist solution is decline and death. That's all they've got, and hysteria, and screaming about how hot it is outside. It's the middle of the summer. Of course it's hot. Suck it up, stop your whining, and go do something useful with your life instead of screaming all the time. Now, if you want to do something useful, you can learn to be a better activist with AFP. Maybe the environmentalists should go do this, and then they can be happy warriors because they're scowling. And AFP teaches you how to be a happy warrior for free markets and free people, for limited government, for economic growth in this country. They teach you how to show up at your local school board or uh, county commission and make a persuasive argument. They teach you how to talk to your local elected officials. They teach you. They give you the tools and the resources, and then they make you a real good activist for freedom. All you got to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go sign up with them. They've got 36 state chapters. They're growing in the other states. they got over 4 million members. They teach them how to be hardcore effective activists at americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You can learn how to fight for free markets and free people with Americans for Prosperity. Your phone calls when we come back. He's got the courage to tell you the truth because the truth is what matters. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let me jump to the phones here. Anthony, you're going to be up today, the first caller. Welcome. Hello. I appreciate you uh, taking my call. Sure. Um, I was just going to talk about how, you know, this whole agenda with transgenderism and, you know, the homosexuality movement and all that stuff i know back in the 60s that was considered illness and now they're trying to normalize it but i don't know if people understand how serious this is because these individuals are after our children and there's an organization in north america called nambla and it's the north american man boy love association and it's a pedophilia and pederasty uh advocacy organization that is trying to these men are grown men trying to convince boys little boys that they can be homosexuals and there is a ted talks of a woman that was trying to make pedophilia a sex preference and i oh, think yeah. once you pass like back in the 60s when you when you get to the point where you cross that line where you're like well homosexuality is normal now it's the transgenderism that's normal they're trying to push this pedophilia movement, and they've already begun it in America. You know, so, Anthony, I had a, a conversation uh, last week, as a matter of fact, and thanks for the call, with Andrew Sullivan. Andrew Sullivan is a gay writer uh, of the left, a uh, very interesting guy. And he had actually written an essay a while back that essentially the gay community it needs to take on these issues themselves. Uh, because there are entrants into the pantheon of letters within the alphabet gang beyond the L, the G, and the B that have now sought to take uh, gay rights, turn it into queer theory, and embrace a lot of things that society is not going to embrace. And there will be a backlash 
on the gay community, uh, Sullivan is worried because of, for example, the trans community, which when a when a a boy says, well, I'm a same sex attracted, uh, most people would have said, okay, well, you're gay. But the trans community says, well, maybe you're actually a girl and you need to transition to being a girl because boys like girls. It, it, the trans logic eliminates being gay. And on top of that, you do now have the uh, minor attracted people is what they now call a minor attracted person, which is a pedophile. And they're trying to weave that as a letter into the alphabet game. At, at some point, you know, I'm a big believer in cleaning up your own house. I think uh, the right has to clean up the right. The left has to clean up the left. Uh, the gay community has got to clean up uh, the alphabet game. It, it, it's mind-numbing to me, in fact. Uh, let, let me let me play you this audio. Uh, I wasn't going to go down this path, but Anthony has inspired this now. i got to play you this audio. This is genuinely just – it's weird to me. This is the CEO – of a company that makes tampons. Uh, and uh, the company is named August, and this is Nadia Okamoto. And you need to listen to this conversation with Gail King on CBS This Morning. And I know you don't want to listen to a conversation about tampons and menstrual cycles, but just listen. Because back then it was not discussed. Mm. And you don't want girls to have to go through what many of us went through. Why? I mean, because periods make human life possible. Yes. It's potentially one of the most natural biological processes of life. And yet history and society has built up the stigma that makes menstruators feel so ashamed. Yes. It makes us feel like there's something wrong with our bodies. We're taught that period blood is this contaminable, like disgusting dirty, thing. Nasty. Dirty, nasty, yes. And I think that it always breaks my heart to hear so many stories every day of young menstruators who get their period and have never heard about it. Yeah. Right? She can't say women and girls. She can't say women and girls. The entire interview, which goes on for two more minutes, she never says women or girls. She says menstruators. Heavy emphasis on the men straighters. The feminist movement has done this to itself, ladies. Don't be mad at us guys. You all are the ones who decided that men can become women. You all are the ones who decided that when men become women, they can get awards for being better women than real women. Women themselves have to stand up for this. J.K. Rowling is one of the women who is doing this, and she's being vilified by the feminist community for daring to stand up and point out that women are actually a biological entity. There was a college student the other day went viral on TikTok because she used the phrase biological women and got a zero on a paper in a class because the professor, a man, said that that was an exclusionary term, biological woman is an exclusionary term. Well, yes, it is. It's a very precise term. In fact, you can even drop the biological for women and just use women, and, and that's supposed to mean something. And what the, the, the trans community has done is they've decided to define women in relation to what it means to be a man as opposed to a woman is a woman and a man is a man distinct biological entities. There is a level of narcissism in all of this, by the way. This is the thing that gets me more than any other. 
just a genuine level of narcissism. The idea that somehow, and you know, for the longest time, people on the left said, we're, we're just animals. There is no God. We're not created in the image of God. We're, we're just a, a biologically evolved species. Well, if we are, we know that the, the, the family, the class, the order, the genus, and the species of Homo sapiens, and we are not in a family, a class, or an order within biology that gets to pick its own gender. Gender is a binary. There is male and there is female. The idea that there's a Z and a they and a whatever, you just want to go to war with the English language over madness. It is a self-absorption and a narcissism that I can so radically identify myself as something I am not. I'm sorry, but if you could really become a woman or you women really could become a man, you would not need surgeries and drugs to do it because it happens in nature among worms and a few fish, and they don't have to go in for surgery to gender transition. It happens naturally. The fact that you got to force it with medicine and drugs says it's unnatural but you're not allowed to talk about it because to talk about it, you're a hater. No, you're a truthful person. You believe in the truth. And the way these people are willing to embrace this language, it is cult-like how quickly we went from homeless to unhoused, from decline to today, it's degrowth, degrowth, from women to pregnant person to menstruators. Women? You have no one but yourselves to blame for being eradicated from relevance in history. It is a lot of progressive women who have embraced this rhetoric. This is a a woman who runs a tampon company who can't even recognize that it's the women who use her product. Now, my friend Bethany Mandel, she, uh, I forget the name of the clothing line. There's a, hang on a second, now I got to find this. There's a clothing company. She wrote about this at uh, The Spectator and the other day. She likes to wear a particular type of clothing. It is a, a clothing that elevates modesty in outfit. The company is called Sun to Floor. It makes traditional clothing. This is Bethany writing. I've been pregnant for the better part of the last decade, 54 months to be precise. She and her husband have a lot of kids, and they are adorable kids. I'm on the Hanukkah Christmas card list. Hanukkah Christmas card list. I just said that. I'm on the Hanukkah list. My wife wants to kidnap their little redheaded baby. Uh, they, they just have these, these precious, precious kids, she and her husband. Everything I have from the stage of life is from when I was 27, and I'm definitely no longer able to pull off the same look from when I was in my 20s and childless. Now I'm a mom of six and inching uncomfortably close to 40. In my research, I found the aesthetic I was shooting for from a company called Sun to Floor. Every time another conservative homeschool mom appears in a dress I loved, it was from Sun to Floor. I was ready to pull the trigger on their summer sale until they did a partnership with David Ross Lawn, a self-described gender-fluid, cross-dressing, bearded influencer on Instagram and TikTok. When Bud Light pissed off its core customer base, you could only assume they did so in order to improve their ESG ranking, a metric that corporations are measured by in order to improve their score with woke fiscal service companies. 
Son DeFleur, a small dress company, has no ESG score and no need to appease progressive gender activists in order to do business. This was a self-inflicted wound. I really wish I could have been a fly on the wall of the meeting the marketing team had when they made this decision. I'm no marketing expert, but I thought the objective of marketing departments in any company is to sell products. For Sun to Floor, the target is women interested in timeless fashion and modesty. Overwhelmingly, this has translated into religious or conservative women. While a partnership with an individual with over 150,000 Instagram followers may seem appealing on its face, Sun to Floor doesn't seem to understand that an individual is only an influencer for a brand if they actually influence potential customers in a positive way. Perhaps even crazier than the collaboration is the fact that when women complained in the comments, Lawn, the dude, decided to antagonize them. It really actually is kind of hilarious that a company that sells dresses to women paid a man to model the dresses. Women, you have only yourselves to blame for this. Men decided to stop buying Bud Light when Bud Light decided to promote a man as a woman. Men, overwhelmingly the purchasers of Bud Light, stopped. When Target decided to hire a clothing company that worships or celebrates Satan to make its pride outfits, a whole lot of people stopped selling at Target in June. Had a measurable decline in sales. My household is one of those households that stopped going to Target during Pride Month. They were, my wife, rather offended that the company would hire a group that praises Satan in its clothing to make clothing for Pride Month. She stopped going. My kids stopped going. This is a clothing company that caters to women, and instead of putting a woman on the payroll to model clothing, they hired a man depriving a woman of income and then attacked any of the women who complained. You, you, you have purchasing power to stop this. I'm, I'm just, I'm baffled by this, uh, how so many women seem to be okay with being written out of history. You've got this situation where you can't call a woman a woman when it comes from a tampon company. It's a menstruator, not a woman. I'm sorry. I don't know a man who has a menstrual cycle, including a man who transitions to become a woman who's still biologically a male. These sorts of truthful things matter. They have to still matter. To everyone, they must matter. Because particularly for women and girls, and I have a daughter, you're being written out of existence by a movement that believes it doesn't matter how you're born, you can pay a lot of money to take drugs or have surgeries to change, and we're supposed to accept your truth as opposed to the truth. The truth matters most, and it should matter for all of you. But women, I mean, you got J.K. Rowling out there fighting the good fight. She's being vilified by people. It is This is a unique mental illness sweeping society, including people I would otherwise presume are sane. But um, that's not actually the case, it seems. Now, we got to move on. I did not even talk about what I was going to talk about. We'll talk about that stuff later. Right now, i got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Uh, it is an air purifier. It gets rid of the dust. It gets rid of the pollen. It gets rid of the mold floating in the air, but it really shines 
as an odor eliminator. I keep one in my travel bag because it's only about the size of my hand. I can plug it into a car with a USB cord or I can plug it directly into a wall and it just wipes out odors. So for example, if I rent a rental car and someone smoked in it before I get in it, I've had this happen to me. Um, I can fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, close the doors, walk away, and it wipes out the smoke odors. Uh, hotel rooms, someone has smoke in them, works. Litter box odors, pet odors, cooking odors, you name it. It eliminates those odors. You can get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your RV, your travel bag, wherever you need them. They're very portable. They work. I was in a hotel recently that actually um, kept some in the rooms because there were fireplaces, and they wiped out those odors. It's EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code ERIC. Get three of them for less than $200. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Want Eric's weekly recipes? They're super delicious. Text recipe to 33777 now. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they can help your business grow. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. Let me jump to the phones here. Jim, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Jim. Uh, Thank you, Eric. Um, By the way, I want to applaud you on your uh, common sense logic. It's the best I've heard since Rush. So Thank you. Anyway, uh, the reason I called is a comment you made probably about 10 or 15 minutes ago about college educations and grades and the way professors are um, uh, forcing ideology on their students through the grades that they give. seems to me that would be the grounds for a lot of lawsuits. Kids pay a lot of money to go to college, and when you have a professor sabotage you, or undermining the quality of their education or the results of their grades, it seems to me that that people would that would leave them open to a lot of lawsuits. I'd sue their tiny dinkies, as my grandmother would say, uh, for stuff like that. That's just not their role. No, it's not. Uh, but it's also typically not something dealt with in in lawsuits uh, because you don't have to go there. You've made a choice to go there. You got to deal with the academic channels. I I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, particularly as a consumer, well, you want to get your money's worth, but you got to go through the academic well, institution, sadly. Well, if you're getting zeros and if you're get, getting failed in courses, uh, it seems to me that's breach of contract. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, it, I would not be opposed to someone doing an, uh, a novel lawsuit like that uh, for stating an actual truth. Um, I, I do think someone's got to got to be held accountable. Like, for example, in, in what you're referencing, is this really happened? A, a girl got a zero on a paper for using the phrase "biological woman," uh, and was it was about team sports, and the issue was over trans women being in a sport, and she tried to make the argument about trans women versus biological women, and got a zero for using the phrase "biological women." She's like, "What phrase do I use?" So. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from on that. I, I don't know where that would whether it would hold up in court or not, but I'm not opposed to trying. Um, and you know that there is uh, a, an institute out there. David David French used to be in the president of it, Fire, uh, the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, and uh, they will file lawsuits on stuff like this. But I mean, Jim's right; you're not getting your money's worth if you got a wackadoo professor who won't let you talk about women as actual women. 
when we come back, I, I, I want to move on from this culture war topic. In fact, I was going to actually spend this half hour talking about how we spend too much time on this issue, and there are other issues that we need to talk about, and the presidential candidates are falling flat as a result. Uh, but I want to spend some time on the economy when we come back because for all of the dour mood out there, the economic data in this country right now is the best on planet Earth. And I'm not making that up. In all seriousness, neither uh, China nor any country in Europe is outperforming the United States right now. We are right now the best country on planet Earth. And because my son just texted me and said he's listening since I started the show and he's still listening, so quote unquote, don't screw up, son, have you done your math homework yet today? (laughs) Now he's going to turn me off. All right. When we come back, the economic message of what Jamie Dimon said, you got to hear this quote when we come back. (laughs) 